Diane. Bill. It's the thing. The thing? The, the morning has broken. <laughs> like the first morning. I'm glad <clears throat> it's that thing and not like the thing from horror films. The thing. <laughs> In the world. It's, uh, you know, it's another gray morning. Looks like another gray morning. Another not so good morning after all. Repetition is it? I'm sorry. Um, it's it's another gray morning, but it's a good one, Diane. Because look. The colors are here. We're... I always feel like in a gray day, it makes it all the more cozy and Cozy, cozy. Coziness is, is omnipresent. Coziness is the, uh, the stuff and substance of the whole Magilla, you know? And besides that, it's 9.04 a.m. Saturday, December the 9th, 2023. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane. A little weak there at the end, I thought. From me, I mean. <laughs> I wasn't criticizing you. I was not in any way. I wasn't I, criticizing you. I was. I, I, I was just trying I was to it. keep up. <laughs> well, no, it's the whole point of it is to lose you in my dust for a while because I live in your dust <laughs> all the time. It's a dusty place, this place, but it's pleasant dust. It's like... I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. It's like uh, pollen. It's like reverse pollen, you know? Ah, ham and eggs. It doesn't give you an allergic reaction, and it actually is an enhancement to the, the whatever else might be going on in your day-to-day. Life? <laughs> it's been a day-to-day week here in Lake uh, Abundance. Over to you. A day-to-day week. Well, it's, well that's true. kind of day-to-day. You know, I we would kind say of are, it was we a... kind of just the little, like, like we're, it's like we're laying riprap. It's like we're putting in a, a cobbled path, you know, one stone at a time. You see what I'm saying? I would say this week has been a trying but revelatory Oh, week. look at that. See... You know, I, I lay the groundwork, you know. I I, I do all the padding and the, the leveling and the things, and she places the stone. <laughs> so she gets all the credit for building the thing. But I do, a, you know, I do a lot of things. I You know, I take out the trash. <laughs> I, I load and unload the dishwasher. I, I, I wipe down the counters from time to time. I, 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 sometimes I even vacuum the stairs and clean the toilets. <laughs> but the house is beautiful. Why? Because Diane puts everything and picks out the things and makes the lights and the parts and the things and the niceness. But, you know, if I wasn't there taking out the trash, <laughs> you know, there'd be popsicle wrappers and, uh, and uh, other things. You think so, and, eh? And little boxes that Pumpkin Loaf came in would be strewn about the place, willy-nilly. So, hey, don't forget old Billy Bob Bajingo over here. <laughs> I don't think anybody forgets about you. But... I think I think they tend to. I don't think so. You're a lot more flashy than I am. <laughs>
You're like a Lamborghini. I'm like a 57 pickup truck that's been parked out in the, in the orchard for the last 25 years. Got the mold on the inside and the seats and stuff. It still runs. Oh, yeah. It still runs when you need it. No need to park it under shelter or anything. It's already pretty rusted out in the undercarriage. Have you checked out my undercarriage lately? Whoa. Whoa, baby. Anyway, you were supposed to be talking. Oh. Was I? Was I supposed to be talking? You know, I sent it over to you. Well, I was happy to have you take it back. (laughs) Um, Trying but revelatory. Yes. Well, first of all, just chronologically, this was a week that was really blessed with some wonderful conversations with friends and family. We started off on Sunday with our Westminster basement, which was only you and me and Bill Woolham. True. Although, man, I love just having conversations with that man. Yeah, he's he's a nice guy. Smart, too, kind of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then Alice came to visit on Monday. Monday. That was... Very it was, welcome. It was nice to get a check-in with her. It had been a while since we'd had a quality check-in with Alice. And, and uh, you know, she's living the life. And living the life is, you know, not always, uh, you know, yippy-skippy and down the bunny trail. But uh, it's still substantive and and uh, and uh, life-giving. But one of the the beginnings of the revelatory conversations that I had was with Mary um, Mary, Mary Lentz she called me on Wednesday and it was in the morning before my radiation treatment and man that was such a an important conversation to have not only because I love talking to Mary yeah. but because she told me she was reading this book or she just purchased it. I don't right. think she'd she even started reading it yet. Yeah, I don't think. Or if she had, did she, she had. Got, just, where did she hear about it though? I don't know. Oh. And now I'm I, I'm going to have to ask Mary. But uh, she just told me the title, and I said, "Oh, I'm buying that book." <laughs> she introduced it by saying it was written by a union psychologist, which was the other ding key ding, point. ding 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 ding. But it's called the Inner Work of Age. Shifting from role to soul. And that was the thing that really made me feel like, oh my God, I've got to read that. Yeah. And it's by Connie Zwieg. I think that that's how it's... Zwieg? It's spelled Z-W-E-I-G. And uh, the timing of Mary's introduction of this book was exquisite because I actually purchased the book right after she suggested it. I mean, as she was, we were on the phone, I ordered it. And I received it the next day on, on um, Thursday. But on Wednesday, uh, it was the most trying time I had ever had with the 
uh, with the radiation therapy. Uh, first of all, once again, I've I have had about three times where they've had to reset the the software and. I'm in this position that feels almost torturous after a while when you're holding it for too long. And I just had a real reaction that day to, uh, of heat. Um, I mean, I, I was, I felt really sunburned. I looked really sunburned. It was very, uh, painful and it had been a long day. I don't think that we, because we had to wait I think that was also the day that I was meeting with my oncologist. So we had, it just was a long day and we didn't get home until later. And I was just really low. And I don't know, it's a really difficult thing when you're going through this because it's just so... <laughs> ongoing there it just seems like i'm never gonna get out of this and that was a day that i kind of hit um, a low point and then the next day i received the book in the morning it was uh and wow what a what a difference it made to me because uh, i received the book and i instantly started looking through the chapters and I'm just going to read some of the chapter titles because it's just so wonderful. Part one is The Divine Messengers, and it has Aging from the Inside Out, The Three Portals of Age, Meeting Ageism from the Inside Out and the Outside In, Retirement as a Divine Messenger, Life-Changing Illness as a Divine Messenger, and then part two is Life Review and Life Repair, a review of your lived and unlived life. Emotional and creative repair to release the past and live in the present. Spiritual repair to reimagine our beliefs and reclaim our practices. And part three is one of my favorite um, titles, which is From Hero to Elder. And one of the chapters is Elder with a Thousand Faces. Mm. Elder Wisdom and the Call to Age into Awakening. Elder activism and the call to serve something larger than ourselves. And the part four is life completion, moving toward a completed life, reimagining death as the last rite. In any event, I instantly turn to the <laughs> to the chapter on the uh, divine illness, uh, life-changing illness as a divine messenger. That was an interesting Freudian slip there, divine mm. illness. Um, and it had a whole, uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I am going to read the question that, that was presented that actually totally switched a switch in me. Um, she was actually talking about cancer and, um, a lot of the, the issues of cancer being treated as in this very patriarchal way as a. Uh, foe to be defeated and and how that affects the person who is in the situation of dealing with cancer you know how it makes them feel like they they're they're a loser if they don't fight mm -hmm. i mean using that word fight is a strange 
thing. And, um, and at the end of that, that whole structure, which was really amazing to me because it's my particular divine illness, you know, <laughs> um, she said, whatever the illness, the treatment and the predicted outcome, the inner work of illness remains constant, calling on us to ask, who am I if I am not well? Who am I if I get better or don't get better? Will I continue treatment even though it causes me to suffer? Why? What feelings and fears am I avoiding here and banishing into the shadow? What stops me from making certain choices? But man, when I read that, who am I if I'm not well? I just lost it. And, and actually cried, a good cry. You know, that kind of cry that releases you from a bondage that you feel like you've been under. Right. And I realized that when you're, uh, when you're in any sort of situation with a diagnosis, and I don't care what illness it is, you instantly get channeled into this path of medical treatments. And it's sort of like you're in this whirlwind of action that doesn't even allow you to get to the point to think about it, you know. Um, you're just like, oh my God, what, what's happening? And I've got to do the surgery right away. And uh, all these things that happen and you're on that path. And I think that I'm, I had gotten to that part of the path because I've only got after today, I mean, after yesterday's treatment, um, I've got a week and a half of treatments left. But man, it just gets harder and harder. It's like holding some sort of difficult uh, position in yoga or something where you're getting to the point where you're thinking, I can't hold on anymore. And they're saying, only 10 seconds left. And you think, okay, okay, I can do 10 seconds. I can do 10 seconds. But it just really remarkably freed me and then I was able to talk to you about the fact that, you know, I mean, even you say that I have fairy dust around me and, and uh, you know. Even I, I say that? Well, <laughs> what I mean, I say that. You Not say even it. even me, just I, I say it. It's but true. But I have, I have this, this uh, I want to say a reputation yeah. um, to... Uh, that I see the magic in, in all things. And I think what was really, I was struggling with on Wednesday is I was not seeing the magic in that day, man. I was just lost in the, in the muck, you know, yeah. and, Been there. Done that. and reading this allowed me to cry, allowed me to get freed of that feeling of oppression. And then all sorts of things happened that day that were all magical. <laughs> it was almost like the universe said, you don't think you see things in a magical way? Well, we beg What about differ. this? What about this over here? What about this thing here? The first thing that happened, other than reading this, this passage, um, I had received a, a note from Demetra, um, that just happened to arrive that day um, that was 
uh, that was just saying I'm thinking of you and and hoping that things are going well but also I uh, had an article about a sound bath and she said I thought maybe since you're in Seattle you can enjoy something like this and and uh but just having that sort of that word of cheer <clears throat> coming through um and then I went to my treatment that day and uh I actually brought another book with me because I had just been kind of stunned by this book and needed to to get a little bit of a grasp on it. I've been bringing um, the five invitations, discovering what death can teach us about living fully, to my um, to my appointments for radiation treatments because it's written in such a way that I can really concentrate on paragraphs at a time and. So I'd just been reading The Inner Work of Age, shifting from role to soul. In my, in my next chapter in the... the uh, five Invitations. The, the Five Invitations. The, the next chapter that I started was, Don't be a role, be a soul. <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> and it was talking about a lot of the things that we discussed on the way down to the treatment which was when I was saying you know I love that the inner work of age that this woman is proposing is that you are going inward rather than outward because at this point of a life you need to recognize where you are and that you're kind of in a life review and it's not that you stop being active, but you also are incorporating all the things of your life. And so we had just been discussing that. We had. On the way down. Yes. And then I read this wonderful passage in, in his book that was exactly a, a encapsulation of what we were talking about, which was developmentally our roles change as we move through life. Until midlife, we generally focus on accomplishment, creating our identities, rebelling, developing a career, building a family, forging the structures we need to thrive in the world. When we find the courage to change in the second half of life, we often turn inward. The skills we develop to address first half of life tasks are not sufficient or appropriate to support us on this next stage of our journey. In this period, we usually orient toward exploring the meaning of life, embracing mystery, cultivating wisdom, and relaxing a certain striving. It's age-appropriate behavior. So, I just read that. I had just read this same thing. Oh, by the way, the the uh, from role to soul is from Ram Dass. Uh-huh. He he was saying that. Ram Dass said, don't be a role, be a soul. So um, mm-hmm. I just was amazed that this was like underlining everything that I had experienced in the morning. And then when the technician came in to bring me into my appointment, uh, I've carried this book with me for a while now. <laughs> and she said, what are you reading? So I told her what I was reading, and then the other technician overheard as we were walking in, 
Um, and they both were really interested in the, and they're young women, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, wow, that's interesting that she asked me that. And then as I left the radiation treatment, I was on the elevator. A couple came on to the elevator uh, after I came on. And as we were going down, the young woman in the uh, of the couple said, what are you reading? <laughs> and so I held up uh, the book and I said, The Five Invitations, Discovering What Death Can Teach Us by Living Fully. And she said, oh man, for reals. And then <laughs> she said, can I take a picture of the cover of that book? And I was like, oh yeah. And, you know, she said, I want to read that. You know, people at the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center, they're likely dealing with cancer. Right. Or they're, they're people who are uh, medical staff who are helping people with cancer. So I just thought that was really, you know, just a, yet another underline of this. Then we get home and we drive into the driveway and our neighbor, Michelle, had accepted a package in our absence because it was raining really hard that day. It was a mess. Um, And she opened her garage door as soon as she saw us driving in and she said, I have a package for you. And and as I picked it up from her, she said, you're going to love this. And I said, is this from you? And she said, no, no, but I've used this company before, and it's wonderful. And I was looking at the company, and it was a spoonful of comfort. <laughs> and I was thinking, what is this? And it turned out that it was a gift from our adopted grandson, Henry. You open the top of the box, and there's this stainless steel ladle. It's really beautiful ladle on the top. Then you go in further and there's these two pots of chicken noodle soup a bag of rolls grandma's you know recipe rolls a bag of cookies which are were uh, ginger molasses type cookies which are our favorite cookies every time we go to the cooth buzzard we got to have a molasses cookie and uh, a little bean bag you know that you can heat up in the microwave to to heat different parts of your body and this cozy blanket and a birch candle. A birch candle, yeah. And some soft, fluffy socks, a couple oh, of pairs of that. Yeah. It was interesting because the, uh, the food was packed on the top, and then there was a, another cardboard that says, but wait, there's more. Yeah. And you, you uh, undo the, the, that little ledge, and underneath it is all this. Comfort this, stuff comforting stuff that the blanket is really soft and warm and one of the things uh, she loves the blanket yeah so it was just such an amazing thing it was just like i was telling yeah, no magic here pardon me i'm gonna have another drink of coffee sorry <laughs> nothing to see here no magic no magic you boy no that's, fairy dust that's good coffee i was sorry. telling you well, it was almost like the universe said, you don't think there's magic <laughs> yeah. happening? Just hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh. and now, how much would you pay? But wait, there's more. But also, I've just been getting uh, incredible... Uh, like my friend Kathy writes me and... Uh, 
and just has lots of interesting interesting things to say. Cat called me because she uh, I had written to her and said that the radiation treatments were starting to get to me and um, uh, because you do you start feeling pain, you know. And you're, you'd feel like, oh, okay, so I'm going to be letting myself in for another week of pain. And then they tell me it's going to get worse after the after treatment. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. So you're thinking, oh, man. But that's the thing that it occurred to me. I mean, that's the revelation is that even when I'm not thinking that my life is all that magical, it isn't that that is making the magic it's it's the connections it's the um what we share with each other and it doesn't mean your life has to be all yippee skippy (laughs) (laughs) that's bill's mom's expression (laughs) that i always loved um but that there, there's other deeper magic going on down below. And then I got a, also, I got a, a message from the artist again, the oh, artist right. that uh, I purchased all this art from uh, and that I read last week. Um, her well, messages had, to me. You had written back to her after she had written to you the first time, right? Right. Well, I just told her why I chose the various... Uh, paintings that I did that uh, were in I wanted her to know that each one had individual meaning for me and and also told her that I was planning on using um, it, since she didn't mind that I used some in the collage I was saying I I would I'm hoping to use some of these in in further collages and I said because for me it's almost like a keyhole the the uh, the collage is a keyhole that you're looking in. You're only seeing part of the image, but then when you enter the room, you go into the whole image. She loved that I wrote that and loved that I was going to do that and said that she hoped that I would send her the collages that are made. And that's one of the things, one of the the magical things, is I haven't been creating collages for a while, and, and now I have further ideas for collages so um well you kind of are sporadic with your collages i mean you've had periods where you've done a bunch yeah and periods where you know you're sitting and contemplating one and then boom there it is i don't know how this works i don't know how any of this works people but the collages are usually i think now you only do you're not doing it as a creative exercise you're doing it with purpose you know how to do it you're looking for themes and for, uh, uh, you know, concepts that resonate with you and making them to order in, in that sense. So. Well, and that's been quite an astonishing, magical thing to be in contact with this artist that I really admire. Yeah. Um, and being able to directly tell her what her art means to me and have her be able to receive it and absorb that. That's great. I was thinking, I've really had the opportunity in my life to tell some of the artists that I really appreciate what they mean to me. And oddly, um, 
those people have become a part of my life. Well, um, I think that's part of who you are on in the world, Diane, is an appreciator. Uh, I have said many times that you are the best audience anyone could ever ask for if you like their stuff. <laughs> and um, it's true of you know everybody you encounter because you do, you take the time to not, to not only say, gee, I really like your stuff, but you tell them how it has entered your life and how it's being put to use in your life, if that's the case. And uh, on all the whys and wherefores, you're, you're able to spell it out for them in a very clear way, which gives them, you know, like a, a series of quotes that they can use for the rest of their lives to, to uh, bolster their own sense of purpose if they're, if they're feeling low. And who knows where you caught this artist when you first wrote to her and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's just, uh, it's... It's a legitimate part that you play in the creative process because without uh, a sense of appreciation, most artists kind of tend to fade out. You know? They don't think that they're making a mark in the world. You know? You're showing well, them that you know, your work is meaningful and it has enhanced my life, and here's how. You know? Well, and especially, I think, because she's had such an effect... I mean, her art was what I was basing the yeah. um, that was the, primary, the burnishing collage around. The primary it, image was yeah. That one. Yeah. So, um, and I I do have some other collages that I'm thinking of from the art that I purchased. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know that's and that's why I chose the song of the week, which is a very familiar one for people. Yeah, you may have heard this before <laughs> on your AM radio. <laughs> on your AM radio? On your and AM radio and your FM radio. I don't know. We may have played it on the Bill and Diane show in the past. I think I, we have. Yeah. yeah. It may, it's probably been a while, though. You but, know, we're in, we've done more than 500 episodes now, Diane, so... You expect us to remember whether we played it or not? Forget I about it. Remember, week. but the reason, uh, and this song has been in my mind all week since all of these things have been happening. Yeah. Because Henry's a champ, and Cat is perfect, and you know, Mary is a light, a uh, shining a, a bright light out into the world. I think it's. Uh, you're gathering magic around you, Diane. Well, but it's but the whole thing is that it's the interconnectedness of us all, the web that we're constantly in. You heard from Wendy this week too, didn't you? Oh yes, yeah. that was the other thing. On I'm sorry that there are so many things that happened yeah. that day. Yeah. It was on Thursday that I also got a a message from another friend of mine who had had cancer, and she had just ended her radiation treatments and uh, that was the first thing in the morning that I that I received Um, she was saying because we a lot of us who are uh, undergoing this I mean not a lot of us I have a few friends who are going through uh, cancer treatments as well and she had just uh, finished her radiation treatments and she she told me I've got to say that um, towards the end of it, I was really having difficulties. And and she said, and I have to tell you that 
it is worse after the treatments than it is during the treatments. So, you know, she was kind of preparing the ground. For buckle up. That. Yeah, buckle up. But somehow reading that somebody else had gotten to this low point at this stage of the game really helped me. It was sort of like somebody who was ahead of you on the path yelling back at you, hey, you know, I fell down right here. <laughs> it's okay because it's really hard going up right here, but, but now I'm a little farther up the path. Yeah, it's getting a little bit more difficult, but I'm beyond that now and I'm starting to feel like it's doable. You know, it helps you to know what other people go through yeah. on the the path so anyway because of the interconnectedness that I have felt during this entire week and how much it made a difference to my life uh, during this time but then also recognizing that you're having an effect on other people's lives it's so much that web that we're all in the Indra's web that you hear about that um, we're all participating in the song shower the people with love came to my well it's shower the people but I think of it as shower the people with love because man I felt showered with love this week and that let me remember how magical my life is Bingo. You can play the game and you can act out the part Though you know it wasn't written for you But tell me how can you stand there with your broken heart Ashamed of playing a fool But one thing can lead to another It doesn't take any sacrifice Oh, father and mother, sister and brother If it feels nice, don't think twice Just shower the people you love with Somebody the way that you feel You can feel it 